0: It's a pretty bonus. (laughs) Sounds like I'm saying pretty boner. It gave me a pretty boner. Sorry, Bethany's mom. (laughs) Jory! On this episode of Art of the Short, Jory and Bethers get reverent. Mm, Kind of. Relive some very awkward middle school emotions and express their undying love for all those magical teachers out there that change lives. We'd like to remind you that all episodes of Art of the Short contain explicit content and a masterful amount of spoilers. If you'd like to read the story before entering, a free link is provided in the show notes. Or if you don't give a f motherf- whatsoever, just keep listening art of the short is an interactive literary art installation we overextend our opinions on short stories and make art of our interpretations like jory will tie-dye all the shirts all the socks all the shoes (laughs) in the house string them up i thought you were gonna say all the time (laughs) but you went with shoes (laughs) (laughs) you know stuff like that Join the conversation and send us your artwork to add to the gallery. To learn how, go to artoftheshort.com and follow the installation on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Art of the Short to see what others think of this short story through their art. Art of the Short, Art of the Short. That was like a nice ease into it. Art of the <laughs> what, of the what note did you hit? Art of, the Art of get the to play shore. it back in here if it was the same. Art of the <laughs> it's kind of like sharp, kind of like uncomfortably sharp. <laughs> Bethers, hi. Hi. It's like. Holiday season. I know we're here, isn't it? November? November is holiday season. October is holiday season. You know, I um, I'm not a thanks. I'm, I'm just realizing my mother will hear this. I'm not a Thanksgiving <laughs> person. I'm not Thanksgiving. Are you saying you don't like to give? <laughs> I'm not a Thanksgiving person. <laughs> you you emphasize the giving. Neither thankful nor giving. <laughs> Yeah, Thanksgiving isn't my number one. I like any holiday that everyone's going to come together. Mm, that's really cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) That did sound so fucking cheesy. I'm sorry, it did. (laughs) No, I do, though. I like the holidays where, like, people cook dishes and you, like— Share like different family traditions and like Mm -hmm. I like those holidays. So Christmas is usually like that, and Thanksgiving is usually like that. Mm -hmm. Halloween is just a fucking blast, and we've established that I am a natural witch. (laughs) So obviously, October is like where I come into my own. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know what I don't like? Hmm. New Year's. No, who does? Who? People love it, don't they? What people do you know? No, I don't know a single one. I don't know a single one. (laughs) <laughs> this is a holiday podcast. <laughs> this is a holiday pod. Uh, holiday pod. Okay, Bethers, how are you? How was your art? I'm well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> are we going to be able to get through this episode? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this episode is going to bring out some um, interesting conversations. Mm, mm, mm. And... I got to say, I just asked you how your art was and I'm launching into how my art was. Yeah, no, please. (laughs) Is that okay? Let me make this about me. You know, apparently I didn't (laughs) want to talk about it. I only (laughs) want to talk about uh, holidays. (laughs) I got kind of abstract, mm, interesting. bringing some abstract energy. Well, I'm happy to hear abstract because I went very literal. Oh, okay. I went very like to the text, to the book, take me on home. Take me on home. <laughs> That's what this story made me feel. Take me on home. Take me on home. I feel like you need like a cowboy hat and a straw <laughs> in your mouth. I know. I was going to say like daddy or like cowboy. Yeah, cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want to say it but then I think you should just go ahead and say it take me on home cowboy <laughs> I don't know I don't know what's coming out fuck okay let's do this let's do it roll the tape high five <laughs> high five oh my God. <laughs> what's happening those are both the craziest things we've ever and high-five are completely insane. <laughs> I feel like we've been body uh, I can't breathe. <laughs> this week's short story is by American author, poet, and Pulitzer Prize winner Louise Erdrich. Okay, really? She's won, like, every award imaginable for her works of fiction and poetry, so... It's no surprise that Erdrich is considered one of the most significant Native American writers in modern literature. Her style combines complex timelines where she often explores her own heritage of German and Native American roots with themes like cultural identity and the power and limitations of tradition. However, if you were to ask Erdrich on the matter, she'd describe herself, her style as just simply being a storyteller. This week we read Sister Godzilla by Louise Erdrich. This is a story about a child, a youth. (laughs) I know. How do we start this story? This is a story about Dot. She's a child. Dot is a child. A girl child, (laughs) as far as we know. Dot Adair is her name. Toddy Kreider, Toddy Kreider's her classmate. And then Sister Mary Anita Groff. As their teacher. I think they're like in sixth grade, do you think? I think they say they're in sixth grade. Yeah. So definitely sixth grade energy. Totally. Yeah. Well, they're in class and they're meeting their new teacher. Yeah. And she's in traditional, I think they say, Franciscan habit. Yes. It's really... Modest, so yeah. only a little bit of your face is showing. So it's not like the newer school, yeah. Like kind of casual. It's like the very tight, uptight, like sister act style. <laughs> and I think she's quite tall. And then she has like a deformity, which I don't even know if we're allowed to say deformity. I don't even yeah. know if that's like a nice thing to say or a fair thing to say. But I think that's how they describe it. Don't they just say that she has like a larger jaw? No, it's. I looked it up. It's called a prognathic jaw, and it is like a problem. Oh. It's like a genetic. ...thing that can be fixed. Oh. But it's like an issue... And it messes up your bite, and it's like a pro- it's like a problem. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's recess. <laughs> well, they go to play baseball, and this new nun, Sister Mary Anita, she's pitching. She's pitching. Yeah, you can tell she's got an athletic body. Like Bethany was saying, she's tall, graceful, and then there's like this talk about her having these like beautiful, milky glass hands. Beautiful hands, like the praying hands from like the Mother Mary. <laughs> yes, her hands were beautiful. As white as milk glass, the fingers straight and tapered, they were the hands in the hallway print of Mary underneath the cross. They were the hands of the apostles cast in plastic and lit at night on the tops of television sets, praying hands, ball players' hands. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the kids are taken aback. Like they, they're judging her. They think they know what's up. And then she gets out in the field and they're like, what's this? And Dot, our protagonist, something in her gets activated and she's like, I'm going to hit this ball out of the park. (laughs) But instead, she strikes out again, again, again. She's out. Dot is out. She's like pissed. The sensory, like (laughs) basically into a blind rage. I think she's a little bit of a live wire. A little bit of a live wire. Yes. She's pissed (laughs) because Sister Mary Anita was pushing her to her limits intentionally she was playing hardball with her literally dot was like hey why are these other little kids like she gave them like easy pitches and shit like what the fuck's going on <laughs> she was like, what is happening <laughs> she goes back to the classroom and is like feeling all these feelings and she's pouting and sulking at her desk her and her classmate Toddy Crater which by the way she hates him Yeah, but he's in love with her yes he's always trying to flirt with her always trying to impress her and she despises him typical 6th grade behavior literally despises him he was like trying to make fun of her and she leaned in and whispered Godzilla to describe their new teacher and then they did start calling her sister Godzilla, Godzilla instead of sister Marianita. Anita. Yeah. She takes out a pencil and paper and starts drawing a dinosaur essentially in a nun's habit. She's like, I'm going to get my revenge on this nun. And sister comes <laughs> over and is like looking over her shoulder. Yes. And does Dot stop? No. No. Nope. She's like, yes, Sister Mary Anita. I'm going to keep drawing my Godzilla and a nun (laughs) habit. Thank you very much. And then she like leans back all like cocky like and is like, oh, look what we have here on my desk. (laughs) Sister Mary Anita. She like snatches the paper Mm -hmm. and she's like, yeah, you're going to see me after school. This is when a real, honestly, a life change happens for Dot. Totally, Sister Marianita comes to her and gives her some like real truths, like some, some real talk. adult conversation. Yeah, and she basically says like Listen, I've made peace with my. I think she calls it a deformity. I think, but sometimes words still hurt. Yeah, and words like yours can still affect me. Mm. And Marianita says, "Look at me," and Dot doesn't want to. She looked at her in her deep brown, electrically sad eyes. That's Dot to Sister Mary Anita. Dot just goes, I'm sorry. (laughs) She says, I'm sorry. Yeah, and she didn't even want to. It was like involuntary. Dot's like, can I go now? (laughs) And Sister Mary Anita's like, fuck no you can't she doesn't say fuck no she's like nope you're gonna sit here with me and we're gonna like talk about this mm-hmm. all the other teachers told Sister Mary Anita that Dot was like a troublemaker and they were like mm-hmm. don't turn your back on her do not do it because something bad will happen mm-hmm. and I feel like you know Sister Mary Anita is like giving her time and energy and she's like making her feel something mm-hmm. to which Dot says I felt her feelings and I am in love with her. You don't see coming. The (laughs) nun says to her, "I want you to understand something. I've told you how I feel. I expect that you will never hurt me." Again. Again. Dot goes through like a physical transformation, physical, spiritual, psychic transformation. Yes. And she's like, oh my God, I love her. I'm in In love love with with her. (laughs) And it's so sweet. It's really sweet. Dot (laughs) has gone through this transformation, but the classroom has not. Yes. They still think Sister Godzilla is really funny. And they're like saying it all the time. And now Dot feels a responsibility to protect this woman she loves. They're in class. It's like two days later or something. Toddy Kreider brings this Godzilla replica. Uh, Sister Godzilla is at the chalkboard, and she's you Did know. Did you just doing call her, her Sister Godzilla? Shut, Shit, shit, Sister Mary Anita. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, my God, you little toddy crater. You. I'm doing a Hail Mary right now. <laughs> you little toddy crater. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway, so Sister Mary Anita is doing her like daily lessons. They've done their morning prayers, all that stuff. She's writing shit on the chalkboard. Just throw her back to the classroom. And Toddy takes this replica, and it's like this little mechanical toy, and he lets it loose on the floor. And the classroom's, of course, going wild. They can't believe— yeah. Dot sees it and she's mortified. She wants to protect her one true love. Like, Dot is fully committed. At one point, she's like, I'm gonna join a nunnery. I have to. I have to grow up and just live with this woman that I have to be with her. And she's like, No, I can't do that. I can't do that. Fuck. I'm she's gonna have to come live with me and my mom. That's that's I've solved it. She has she has to live it's with me and so my mom. Sweet. And she's like having her mom make her crappy cookies. It's so <laughs> sweet. Her devotion is so intense. So in her devotion, she sees what Toddy Crater has wrought and this toy. And she is freaking the fuck out. And she leaps out <laughs> of her seat. She's about to try and like intervene or like grab the toy, but sister wheels around and kicks it? Yes. Sister Marianita and Dot look at each other, mortified. I'll just read the last couple sentences. Inwardly, she begged the nun to turn and stop the noise, but sister did not. She let it wash across them both without mercy thought lost sight of her unspeakable profile mm-hmm. as Anita looked out into the yard bathed in brilliant light the nun's face went as blank as a sheet of paper as the sky as featureless as all things that enter heaven <laughs> I know, I know Art of the Short Art of the Short Art of the Short <laughs> <laughs> first thing i thought when i read this was are you trying to work some shit out with me from our childhood no huh? i was like okay bethany's gonna try to like get into some stuff i'm not <laughs> uh, i felt like uh things were a little pointed and not at all that was i didn't have any of those thoughts okay well this is where my brain's been over the weekend not a one so. not a one not a one <laughs> She wrote a book called Love Medicine that was like her most famous. Like it was everywhere. And it's been compared to, um, all of her work actually has been compared to William Faulkner. Like yeah. sprawling, multiple narratives that are kind of like set in a local history and kind of challenging. It's not like social justice necessarily, but it's like, like challenging people's thinking on indigenous cultural narratives. For sure. Love Medicine is a really long time ago, but... I, like, just read her newest work called The Night Watchman, which won the Pulitzer Prize. So she's a Pulitzer Prize winner. And that definitely put her back on people's radar if she hadn't been. Yeah. Um. Okay, Bethers. I'm going to start with my likes, okay? Mm-hmm. Sister Marianita and her baseball skills were charming as Love. fuck, right? Love. So charming. I loved that. <laughs> I felt the feels when Dot is going through her excruciating realizations. Like, yeah. you feel what she's feeling. and You can really empathize with both of them. This story points out like the shitty teachers from the good teachers and like mm-hmm. sister Anita was one of those teachers that was like, no, I'm, listen, you get a different curriculum. You get a different <laughs> challenge because mm-hmm. you're not like the other kids Well, and you need it and you need it mm-hmm. when those teachers find you and like show you that you're worth more than what people have given you mm-hmm. your whole life. And you think that, you know, the system and you think you're going to breeze by and just be like, fuck these people. They're shitty. And then someone's like, "No, I'm gonna. I'm here to challenge you and hold a mirror up to you. Yeah. I'm gonna intervene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> life changing. It can be life changing. Yep." lastly kids are fucking cruel little dicks (laughs) yeah they really are kids are terrible human beings they really are they're cruel (laughs) yeah this story um, really gets you in touch with your own like experiences of shame oh totally and guilt that middle school age well you're just pushing it right you're trying to see where's the boundary where are the limits like where have I gone too far and then you go could I go farther (laughs) yeah I could that was my experience (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the real gift of the story is describing what it feels like to experience empathy and what it feels like to experience Shame and guilt In your own body Like the way it's so visceral Like the descriptions And love For the first time And though love too. And That's love. all complicated And confusing <laughs> And they're all awakening You only feel the feelings You don't understand What they mean yet That's right <laughs> You can't like Make sense of what's happening <laughs> And it just remi- reminded me of like My experience of the first time I ever lied Oh god Like I have a memory of it right Like when you're really little You only have memories Of like real peaks You can remember the first time you lied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That> <laughs> <makes sense. laughs> incredulous, you guys. She's incredulous. Hey, I grew up in a big family. <laughs> I think I was like born lying. Like, well, because it was only me and two adults. Like, yeah. No, I know. I think I just was born telling white lies to get what I wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, my dad was left to supervise me, and I, for whatever reason, well, I think a lot of kids do this. Took his keys and stuck them in the outlet, <laughs> like the key in. <laughs> I'm watching my dad look for his keys and I'm watching him get panicked that we're getting late. And he's asking me if I've seen them. And you're like, they're in the fucking socket, dude. No, I make the decision to lie. (laughs) Then he keeps asking and I have to like continue lying. And I just doubled, tripled down. (laughs) Listen, he found the keys and they had melted. (laughs) I felt her like that flush of shame feeling in your cheeks where you're like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? I don't think I felt that feeling until I was much older, to be honest. Mm. I mean, we don't need to get into my history. <laughs> I feel like we've told too many tales about my past lately. <laughs> Bethany was a saint. Bethany has always been a saint <laughs> until she was maybe twenty, <laughs> And then uh, just the <laughs> shit that we put adults through. Like, thank God for middle school teachers. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the stories are endless. I don't even think I could pick one middle school story. <laughs> But then there are the other times where I feel like the actions are justified. Like, <laughs> go on. We're like again, sixth grade. we were in Japanese class, and our Japanese teacher was like, "I'm going to give you a referral." Back then, I don't know if they still have them, but a referral was like a slip to the principal's, principal's office. <laughs> okay, so they were like serious. That was like Pretty not. Serious, yeah. You don't fuck around with it. Not a joke. Not a joke. They send them home to your parents. Your grades go down. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> I didn't say fuck this, but that was my attitude then. Um, I was like, if she's going to go, then I'm going to get a referral and I'm going to go too. Who's coming with me? And like the whole (laughs) class stood up and we all got referrals and went to the principal's office. So there was like literally like 25 kids walking down. I do remember that. I do remember all the kids going down the hall. Yeah. I did that like three or four times. Oh my God. I don't know. I I was just pushing my limits. So much to the point where the vice principal (laughs) He had a drawer I'm not fucking kidding either He had a drawer Just of my referrals And they were like Four inches tall And he never sent Any of them home To my parents Oh my god And he sat me down And he was laughing He thought it was funny Like he he was like Jory what are we gonna do About this What do you need here He sister anita and me And he was like I could send these home To your parents But that's ridiculous Like why I don't need to I was a straight A student I didn't have like Anything wrong In that way (laughs) I don't know. I related a lot to Dot. Mm -hmm. Just like when you have a good teacher in your life, Mm -hmm. it changes everything. And we we had— Really excellent teachers. We were really lucky. We had great teachers, especially for being kind Mm -hmm. of like a shitty middle school that like— Absolutely. Incredible teachers. We were such assholes. (laughs) (laughs) I like how it plays with these ideas of like— Femininity, masculinity—like yeah. she is playing sports—and that should make her an outcast, but it also makes her accepted because she can use this body. It just like uh, brings up all these ideas of like how you can be accepted and and why you're not accepted, and that's something that I think sixth graders are really dealing with. Absolutely, that stuff doesn't really go away no matter what strata you're totally. in. Totally. And this story was supposed to take place in the '60s, early mm-hmm. '60s, mm-hmm. and so to have like a female, like a powerful female figure. I know how important it was for me to have someone who was not like other quote unquote girls when I was younger because I was not a normal quote unquote Mm -hmm. girl. Absolutely. Dot is already been like set apart. Yeah. By teachers and by everyone, like as like not the average girl. She's a troublemaker and she's like pushing the limits. And so for her to have someone that can be a role model, I don't know. I just think it's really, really meaningful. And totally. I I really enjoyed this story. (laughs) Yeah, when I was researching, trying to research this story, what I found was like a plot of a novel called The Plague of Doves. And it was about a character in a school who is bisexual and in love with her teacher. I was like, well, this isn't Sister Godzilla. This is a novel. Oh, interesting. And then I eventually pieced together that like these shorts were published in The New Yorker, in The Atlantic, and in Best American Stories like over the course of years. And then she weaved them all in one big narrative. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I love Louise Erdrich. I love the descriptions. I'm like transported away when I'm reading this. I'm like in it. Like, I'm like in it. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna rate it five out of five. Wind up toys. <sighs> <Okay. laughs> How, do I feel? How do I feel? How do you feel? I guess the thing is, I feel a lot of things. Guys. <laughs> I feel a lot of things, man. Mm-hmm. Um, wind up toys—is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Well, for goddamn God's <laughs> sake, I. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't know. I feel <laughs> wow, torn. she's struggling, you guys. I feel torn. Okay, listen. I wanted to give it like a three out of five. Sure. But after talking with you and <laughs> really like, you know, mm-hmm. vibing on <laughs> the story. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, I feel like I'm going to up it to four. Four out of five But Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna give it A five out of five I'm not gonna do it (laughs) There was a part of me That was a little disappointed Mm -hmm. It just didn't Quench my thirst Mm -hmm. Like they Mm -hmm. fed me Salty crackers And I needed some water (laughs) To drink afterwards Or something And I didn't get it I didn't get satiated Somehow Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm being so Articulate (laughs) (laughs) me. I'm diving right into your work. Yeah, get in there. You just sent me a selfie. (laughs) I did. Bethany sent me a selfie. selfie. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that I did that. (laughs) What does it mean? (laughs) Okay, so what we have here is a collage of. Like 60s, like paraphernalia, Godzilla, there's Mm -hmm. Crayolas, there's like a Zorro poster, (laughs) an etching of The Last Supper. It's a black and white collage, so it feels very retro and of the time. (laughs) What are your thoughts. Yeah. I just (laughs) felt like her descriptions were so vivid and she took so much time with it. Yeah. So each one of those is just something that was described in the story. Yeah. This is like what I would imagine being in the headline of The Atlantic. Yeah. You know like in the masthead of the story. Like this is what like a graphic artist would turn in. Totally. publish with it. I just like that was the challenge for my own self was to like make something that would go to print. Yeah. Like this is an interesting story an interesting perspective. So I just wanted to call that out. Love it. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to pull up some art. (laughs) We have like a really bright turquoise background. And then there's like two pieces of loose-leaf paper. The top one says... The nun's face went as blank as a sheet of paper. It ends with as featureless as all things that enter heaven. This is like a holy piece of art. This is some religious <laughs> imagery, some milky white hand imagery, mm-hmm. and then there's a nun's head. I failed to mention there's like um like a black and white sketch of what's like a mannequin almost, right? Like not super lifelike. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, the description of her hands in the story and then, like, the last image of her—the last—I don't know what happened to me just then. (laughs) The last image of her looking out into the window, I thought of those sculptures that they were talking about in the beginning of the story, like, praying hands of the Mother Mary, you know, that's that Mm porcelain-looking milk glass Mm -hmm. look. So I wanted to do something that was out of pencil and ink because that's what you would have sitting at a table in your classroom so i didn't want to like venture out of that and paper obviously mm-hmm. the text that's on there those were like the most haunting parts of the story to me mm-hmm. like the parts that are so gut wrenching mm-hmm. they come across as really subtle but they're not they're like so loud <laughs> it hurts it hurts I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't know overall, like, how the story made me feel. Mm -hmm. I don't, I feel like a lot of conflicting things. It's like brought up a lot for you. I didn't Uh, have any thoughts. (laughs) I didn't think about my own middle school experience. I only thought about, like, my first flush of shame. (laughs) We didn't even get into it. But, like, you know, religion is an interesting topic to discuss. But in this story, it's more about, like, a relationship between two people Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, what a grown-up can make you feel mm-hmm. and how they can change your life and even as like a grown adult I still feel this way like <laughs> when someone is like a grown-up around me I'm like oh shit I'm scared of you <laughs> for no reason mm-hmm. it's so stupid but it's true yeah what is that it's like their influence or whatever I mean or your inexperience I don't know maybe yeah like feeling a little intimidated or something <laughs> I don't know what it is but when there's like an adult quote-unquote adult in the room you feel it and you're like oh shit i'm i gotta not act like an asshole i guess i don't know that's my go-to don't act like an asshole jory (laughs) (laughs) oh my god on the next episode of art of the short we'll be reading the mime artist is a little drunk but that's okay bye Jonathan Cardew. As always, a free link to this short story is in our show notes for you. And we would love to know what you think of the short story. So please go to artoftheshort.com to learn how to send us your artwork. And follow the installation on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Art of the Shorts. And be a part of this goddamn installation. Also, like what happened to you in sixth grade? Mm-hmm. I want to know. I want to see your artwork. You want to draw a dinosaur in a habit? Go right ahead. That's all you want really wanted wanted all to do. You Maybe Maybe to to do I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it. Maybe we should have. We should have just done it. wanted to do it. Okay, Bethany's here. Right. Bye, Bye Jory. Thanks I for walking you. down memory lane with me. Oh, God. I don't know that's memories that we want to remember. <laughs> I love you, and I'll see you in a little bit. I'll see you in a while. Awesome. See you next time. See you soon. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Cool. Let's do it next time. We'll see you again. Let's let's do this again in a couple weeks. Bye, okay. readers. Bye, listeners. We love Bye. you. Bye, we love you. Bye. 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 And then. I was in the timeout room, which was, like, oh basically a closet. I never got to see it. I never <laughs> had the privilege. It was, like, a closet with, like, fluorescent lights oh in it God. to make you feel like it was a classroom, but it wasn't. It was, like, an eight-by-five room. Wow. <laughs> the timeout teacher <laughs> gave me a graduation present when I was in eighth grade because <laughs> I was there so much. <laughs>